Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. I'm Tony Dickerson, one of the Horticultural Advisory Team at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. Each fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening, as well as expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. Plus we bring you behind-the-scenes reports from the stunning RHS flower shows and give you exclusive guides to beautiful gardens to visit. Coming up in today's podcast... How can you get scent in your garden all year long? Garden experts, including award-winning writer Nigel Corborn, present their winning planting suggestions. Seasonal information about RHS gardening events. And what's the secret to winning a coveted gold medal at the prestigious RHS garden shows? Judge Jekka McVicker reveals all. But first, let's join the team here at RHS Garden Wisley to find out what they're doing in the garden right now. My name's Matthew Pottage. I'm one of the garden managers here at RHS Garden Wisley. So a really common phrase people ask us to define is when all risk of frost has passed. How on earth do you define that and and when does frost pass? You know, when has that risk gone? And there is no one easy answer. I really wish there was. It would make this so much more more simple. But as a rule, go end of May. Normally after the end of May, any risk of frost has passed. In a lot of inland areas, colder areas such as Wisley, you know, it is quite possible to get frost right to the end of May. If you're on the coastal kind of districts or you're down in Cornwall or Devon, normally by kind of late April, early May. And then into colder parts to the north of the UK, into parts of Scotland, it is still typical to see those colder temperatures into early June. But, you know, keep an eye on the forecast. You know if you're experiencing high pressure with very sunny days and very clear evenings, chances are you're still going to get a ground frost. But, you know, plant stuff out still. If you can run out with a piece of fleece to cover it, then do so. If it's your absolutely prized fuchsia, hold it back. If you're new to an area and you're trying to suss out you know, when you can put your bedding out, look around you, see what your neighbours do. Ask your neighbour that's got a really great garden. Ask what's their experience of it. And once you're in an area for a couple of years, you do start to pick up the weather patterns. You start to kind of get to know your local climate, if you like. Hello, I'm Peter Jones, uh, team leader of the Glass Houses here at Wisley. If you plan on coming to Wisley this month, uh, please pay a visit to the Glass House. There's quite a few exciting things going on. Uh, this month we've got our Stronger Loden, which is coming into flower, and it's got the most flowers we've had on it since we've been down at this site. Uh, Stronger Loden is commonly known as the jade vine and produces two-foot-long racemes of jade green flowers, and it's really rather striking to come and look at. Also things that you might see are Brugmansias have started flowering. They call it a trumpet tree. It produces large, some of them produce large white trumpet flowers which hang down. We've also got things like our cycads. Cycads are plants they believe have been around for since Jurassic times and they are producing large whorls. They kind of look like overgrown shuttlecocks at the moment uh, which are looking really beautiful. I'm Bernard Boardman. I help to look after the orchard at Wisley and the orchard comprises mainly of apples and pears but we also have a collection of plums and a small collection of cherries. So we may be planning our apple pies but they're a little way off yet but there's still plenty to do in the orchard. Uh, Have a look round, enjoy the bird song and be especially vigilant for little pests called woolly aphid. They look like clusters of cotton wool building up probably in the old cracks in the older bark or maybe round an old wound 
They're sap-sucking insects. The other problem with aphids is that they can transmit viral diseases. They need to be controlled or you can have build-ups of sort of all sorts of problems, but it often traces back to the aphids. And, of course, they weaken the plant, so your potential crop can be affected as well. They're very difficult to get rid of once they get established, but a quick and easy method... Uh, without using any chemicals, is to just pass the flame of a lit blowtorch across them. This breaks down uh, the sort of woolly outer coating on the, the aphid and it makes them very vulnerable to any sort of spray. Now, you don't have to use high-powered chemicals. Some of the fatty acid sprays are quite capable of knocking them out, but you do need to get rid of this sort of woolly exterior coating that protects them. It's very effective. Matthew Pottage, Bernard Boardman and Peter Jones from the RHS Garden Whistley. There is further practical seasonal advice on our website, rhs.org.uk, where you can also find video guides to the key jobs in the garden. You're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. For many people, scent is one of the most pleasurable aspects of gardening. The smell of familiar plants brings back vivid memories of past times, people and places. Lavender, because it reminds me of my childhood when my grandmother had lots of lavender-scented things and the fact that you can use the stems in crafts, which I thoroughly enjoy doing. Lavender just is so wonderful, but I think I would have to choose the rose. Getting up in the morning and going out into the garden and smelling Gertrude Jekyll, that beautiful, rich pink rose is just out of this world and it's the best way to start the day. Absolutely fantastic. Makes you feel happy just smelling it. In the summer, I really like tomato plants. Uh, That smell is just iconic of summer when you rub against the plants. Really nice. My favourite is the spring flower, which is a type of narcissus. The scent is absolutely extraordinary. Youth, energy, hope, and for me, it's a plant of uh, summer to come. Scent is also one of the most striking characteristics of the Great Marquee at Chelsea Flower Show, which is coming up next week. Go there, close your eyes, and the perfume of thousands of flowers is incredible, transporting visitors to all sorts of places. One of the most frequent questions the RHS advice team is asked is how can people introduce some of these delicious scents into their own gardens? How can scent be varied throughout the seasons, and what plants are suitable for small or balcony spaces? We asked garden experts Matthew Pottage and Nigel Colborn to give us some advice. So when we talk about scent in the garden, people automatically assume flowers. And of course, flowers are a massive part of the, you know, the scent palette in the garden, if you will. But there's also things, you know, just people love freshly cut grass. And just thinking about the garden at Wisley and through the seasons, really, one of my favourite smells is actually in the pinetum on a hot summer's day. And the smell of the pine trees and the bark and the needles and the cones that are through there, just this lovely smell of you know, really resinous pine trees. And similarly on the Mediterranean terrace where the eucalyptus collection is, a really menthol aroma comes off the eucalyptus on really warm summer's days. They, you know, they have to be two of my favourite areas at Wisley. And they smell so good on a warm day. But also, just thinking back to flowers, 
brilliant flower for the summer and it, you can use it in a bedding scheme is the heliotrope it's sometimes known as the cherry pie flower and you really you know you have to smell it this it does sound crazy but really it's cherry pie these things come in dark purple or white heliotropium arborescence is a full latin name but heliotropes look out for them they're they're good doers and then moving through into the autumn One of the other foliage smells which is really good over on Battleston Hill is we have this big tree called a Cicidiphyllum, sometimes known as a Katsura tree, but it's Cicidiphyllum japonicum. And when the leaves come down on it, they smell like burnt sugar or like candy floss. It sounds most bizarre. When you're walking around the woodland garden, you've got all your usual woodlandy, humusy smells, and then suddenly, boof, it's like a candy floss stall. It's, again, really, really good fun to go and just smell, just see. It's quite a striking tree. I'm Nigel Coburn. I'm a garden writer and journalist. For winter, you've got to have at least one Daphne. I use Daphne Bolleur, uh, a, a variety called Jacqueline Posthill. That has overwhelmingly gorgeous fragrance. And I have, not this year because it was such a horrid winter, but I have picked those on, on New Year's Day before now. Um, and failing that, winter honeysuckle, Lanicera purpusei. And then moving on, there are snowdrops that smell. Um, the, the snowdrop S. Arnott, a big giant whopper of a snowdrop, has a lovely, slightly musky fragrance, which is very pleasant. Um, and then into spring, well, wallflowers. I mean, what smells lovelier than a bed of wallflowers? A lovely, soft, warm smell. Um, must have lily of the valley. Every garden must have it. You've all got a shade a bit. You've got to have Lily of the Valley just for that, that sweet fragrance. There's nothing quite like it. And then into high summer, you're spoilt for choice. Uh, the roses, um, the, the best and most smelly rose is Madame Isaac Pereira, which, which is a, a red uh, shrub rose, an old, old variety with a really rich... If I said it's got tones of Nivea cream, it sounds bad, but it has got that really sort of almost too cheap perfume with it. It's wonderful. And um, then later on into summer, there's even a gladiolus that smells nice. Um, gladiolus merilii, which flowers in sort of late August, early September. It has quite a nice, quite a, quite a pleasant soft smell. And summer jasmine too, which if you prune it right, will take you right through into the autumn. Then smells are a bit, they're slightly at a premium. Come October, you're you're hunting around a bit, but one of the things that compensates is the sort of spicy aroma of um, chrysanthemum foliage. It's really nice. I mean, it reminds you of funerals and church, but it, but it is a, it's, it's a nice evocative smell, you know, so it, it, it's all right. That takes you right up to winter and you're ready, ready for the sarcococca, the, the Christmas box, which... Easy to grow, grows in shade, you know, outside a shady door or somewhere where you go by every day and you'll get a little, just a little feed of the perfume from sort of late November onwards. Hello, I'm Christopher Whitehouse. I'm keeper of the herbarium at Royal Horticultural Society at Wisley. Scent is also vitally important in a garden from a biological point of view for the insects that visit your plants it's one of the key attractants for many insects, particularly moths at night. So the night flowering species like honeysuckle, where you can go out on a still summer's evening and you just catch that waft of a scent. And what it's doing, it's not there just for your own personal benefit. It's there attracting in the insects, which 
certainly in the evening, might not have the visual cues that a, a daytime insect has, but will be there catching these aromas that are coming from the plants and drawing the insects in to pollinate it and pass on from one flower to the next. So we spoke lots about scent in the garden and some of the good plants to select. So consideration is where do you place them and, and how do you use them in the garden? Well, think about when you're actually out in your garden. You know, if you never go in your garden in the winter months when it's cold, then you know, maybe winter flowering shrubs aren't for you. Or if you like to brush against scented plants such as rosemaries or thymes when they're disturbed, where will you be brushing against them? Is it when you go out to the side gate or when you actually take the rubbish out or when you go to pick some herbs? Plant it on a path you're going to brush against. Or if it's something that is for the winter, have it by your front door maybe where you know you will be walking in and out. Or the other thing we often see here at Wisley is sometimes we plant a lovely scented witch hazel but we forget to put it near the edge of the bed or we put it in the middle of a big bed and actually then you have to go tramping through all the bed to go and smell it or to get close up to it. So make sure you can get to it or it's not going to be overgrown by other things. And then finally, if you, know, you really are stuck for space, with regular feeding, most things can be grown in a pot. Give it a good feed during the summer months, see it's got a regular supply of water as you would with any kind of long-term pot plant, plant it in something like John Innes number three, that's got some good body, and, and move it around. When you want to see it, bring it by the door. When it's just green, boring leaves, move it to the back of the garden and make it work for you. Matthew Pottage and Nigel Colborne. On the RHS website, you can use the online plant selector to find out more about plants for year-round scent. rhs.org.uk now, if you're not going to the Chelsea Flower Show, here's some ideas of RHS garden events to get involved with in the coming weeks. You could enjoy a vibrant display of RHS garden Wisley's pelagoniums, sometimes known as tender geraniums. The collection is in our glasshouse display and is on until the 16th of June. It features the many different types such as regal, scented-leafed and zonal. On the 18th of May, you can discover the variety of bugs and other wildlife that live in a pond, and why they benefit your pond and garden at the RHS Harlow Car. Or at RHS Rosemore in Devon, you can browse a variety of rare and unusual trees, shrubs and perennials from local nurseries at the Plant Heritage Spring Fair. Or why not check out the May half-term activities at all four RHS gardens from the 25th of May to the 2nd of June. Garden trails, arts and crafts and much more. Details of all these events, as always, are on the website at rhs.org.uk. And tickets are still available for our summer shows at RHS Hampton Court from the 9th to the 14th of July and at RHS Tatton Park from the 25th to the 28th of July. Ticket details for RHS summer shows can be found on the website rhs.org.uk. We also have a pair of tickets to each of these shows up for grabs if you enter our online competition at rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast. key element to RHS flower and plant shows are the coveted medals awarded to show gardens and plant exhibitors. Graded as gold, silver gilt, silver and bronze, these are highly prized amongst gardeners, growers and garden designers. But how are the medals judged? Here's our chair of judges, Jekka McVicker, to explain. My name's Jekka McVicker. I'm a herb grower, but I'm also, this year, chairman of judges of the Royal Horticultural Society. Today I'm standing here in the Lawrence Hall in Westminster. It is like walking into spring. And before me 
is the most beautiful stand of Galanthus to use snowdrops. And the question I get asked many, many times is, how does anyone judge a stand? When you come to a stand, we judge it in three sections. It goes plants, overall impression, and endeavour. Now, endeavour is a funny word, but it's actually how hard was it to grow? How hard were the plants to grow? How hard were they to propagate? And you know, how hard was the stand to put together? You have four groups then. You've got excellent, very good, good, satisfactory, poor. And each one of those sections has a number. So excellent is four and three. And you have to got gained uh, an 11 or 12 points out of all those sections, the overall and, and the endeavor, to get a gold medal. So this one here, got wonderful examples, beautiful plants, you know, near perfection. Just look, the actual flowers are perfect. They're all hanging down and you can see all the different markings which shows how they're all different species. So the plants got excellent, so that was four points. The overall impression, judging by the amount of people who are around the stand, you know it's a wow. It sings to you, it actually, you know, it's beautiful and the contrast that they put in with the ivies and the grasses the black grasses so and the, it makes the white stand out whiter with a finish as well don't forget the finish it's actually the mossing they've covered all the pots in moss so the overall impression on this stand got excellent so that's another four points now endeavor the most difficult one for a judge to judge i have to be honest and it you, I know how hard this nursery's worked to put this exhibit on, to get these plants all perfect, bring them up here. You know, this is a warm environment that it'll actually make the flowers go floppy. I know that this was given another excellent because to bring the whole collection up here, you know, and put the stage it in one day is absolutely wonderful. So that's how that got gold. It actually got full marks, 12 points, which is the full gold. There wasn't any one dropping a point anywhere. Going from the snowdrop display, I've brought you to a beautiful iris display. This iris display has been very cleverly displayed in boxes, in baskets, in pots, and it goes from shades of the deepest blue right through to the palest of grey and also to bright yellow. And these are the miniature irises that come through in the spring. It's an exquisite display when you look at it. You just go, wow. I mean, it really does take your breath away. However, when you look at it carefully, you notice a few things are not perfect. Now, if I take you around to this side of the display, you can actually see that there's a basket which isn't quite full. It's actually got two flowers out and there are another six to come. So that would have lost it a point. Instead of being four for excellent, it is now three for very good. Now, if you come this way, you can actually see the display. Now, do you remember back on that uh, snowdrop one? The mossing was so clever. Leaves have been dropped on it, just like it would in the garden. Here, the actual staging jumps out at you. You've got a hard line between the mossing and the peat and the bark. And you've also got someone who's not swept off, actually, because all the stands here are off the ground and they're surrounded by hessian. Now, if you don't sweep up, the actual uh, compost sticks to the hessian and that looks very untidy. 
So she lost points for that. And so therefore it got three. So losing those two points, she went from being uh, a gold down to a silver gilt. The great thing about giving medals to exhibitors is to maintain the standard of the shows. At the end of the day, it is all about attention to detail. And having staged exhibits for 20 years myself, I know that you can go around your stand and you can miss that one flower that you forgot to deadhead that has gone over since you arrived. You know, and you watch the judges coming and you just see it and you zoom in and you pick it to, to remove it in time. It is so difficult, but it is attention to detail. Now, hopefully, having explained the judging to you, it'll make you look at a show in a totally different way. The Royal Horticultural Society is all about horticultural excellence and a gold medal shows just that. RHS Chair of Judges, Jekka McVicker. Remember, 2013 is also the centenary year of the RHS Chelsea Flower Show, which runs from the 21st to the 25th of May. To celebrate, we'll have a special series of podcasts on Chelsea. We'll have exclusive garden design insights from this year's big names and a look at how this unique show has changed over the years. They're available now on iTunes and at rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast. We'll also be broadcasting from the show on Tuesday, May the 21st. Well, thanks for joining us once again for the RHS Gardening Podcast. Next time, more of your seasonal gardening questions answered and advice from the team here at RHS Garden Whistley. Until then, from me, Tony Dickerson, and the rest of the RHS team, goodbye.